This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. I humble myself before you. And I ask that you speak through me, through your spirit. In and of myself, I have nothing good to say, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, have your way, Lord. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Uh, Give to your people what they need here today. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. This is the second week. uh, So I'm kind of wondering, okay, where's he going? Why is he talking about this? And I think it's very important in the day and age that we live because as God continues to move in greater capacity, which I believe uh, not just in the world globally, not just in our country, which we need, amen, but locally in our church, in your lives, in your lives. Are you awake this morning? God wants to move in your lives. And we kind of have to up the bar here, the ante, and we have to be, as the scripture says, that to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. And there's an analogy there. But, but uh, second week in our series, Grown in the Prophetic, and I, I, there's some stuff I have to go through really quick here, and so you're just going to have to listen again on the podcast, but, but I'm just going to go through it real quick. My text today is Matthew 7, 15 to 16, beware of the false prophets, Jesus saying, teachers who come to you dressed as sheep, appearing gentle and innocent. So Jesus is saying there are people that are going to be out there, hear me, speaking as teachers, they're going to just look really good. Now, today I think I look a little bit spiffy, do you think, maybe? These are not $5,000 sneakers, I want you to know, like Stephen Furtick's. I'm just telling you. But... My point is is that I'm going to get into some things to help you understand so you can discern, to know and get a sense, okay, is is this of the Lord or what's going on here or not? How many with me? You all need to know this. And so appearance, gentleness, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. By their fruit, somebody shall fruit. Right there. That, that's, you need to burn that in your mind and say, okay, it's by their fruit. You will recognize them. That is by... That is, by their false doctrine and self-focus. Do people pick grapes from bush or figs, from thistles? Even so, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the unhealthy tree bears bad fruit. Now, let me just interject. I know throughout my life and walk, and you could say this about your own walk, there's times you don't bear good fruit. Come on now. But you know what? Your heart is in the right direction, and you don't want to bear good fruit, Right? And so every tree needs to be cultivated, needs to be watered, needs to be fertilized, needs the right sun for it to bear uh, properly. Amen? And then we kind of left off last week with this verse here, and I'm not going to get into it because I think it set some of you over to the edge. Some of you got it. But it says in Revelation 18, it says, And the merchants of the earth wept and mourn over her, for no man buys their merchandise anymore. And it talks about merchandise of gold, silver, precious stone, cattle, sheep, and merchandise of horses, chariots, and slaves, and the souls of men. Somebody shout, the souls of men. And last week, we talked about that, and we talked about how in the end times, and towards the end of the age, I really feel that, that Satan is going to be continually deceiving people, and especially deceiving God's elect, those that know the Lord, and lead lead them astray. 
And how he's going to do that, I think one way is good. He's going to tap into people's, the, the power of the soul that was came under the curse in the garden. And we talked, I, I don't have time to get into what I talked about last week. You just have to listen to it. And, and how they're going to try to release that. And they're doing that with through soul power and releasing manifestations and some things that are just really cause you to go, wow, what was that? Did this person really get healed? Or what's going on here? And it's going to create confusion in people's lives if you don't understand the source. Can I get an amen? You need to know the source. See, Satan has dunam. Dunamis power, it's a Greek word that means power. Dunamis is neutral. And see, in God's kingdom, there's power, there's flow, there's miraculous power, but, but Satan still has dunamis. How many know he was defeated 2,000 years ago? But why do we still have issues with the devil? Because he's a deceiver. And, and it, same thing, even though there are laws against stealing and then crime in our community and violence, come on now, but we still have to have what? Law enforcement to do what? Enforce that victory. Enforce those laws. We are God's enforcement agency on earth. Did you get that? Some of you, got, yeah, okay, amen. So, 2 Thessalonians 2, 9, and I'll move on from this because I have a lot to get into here. Uh, uh, says this, it says, the last days, they're going to be workings of Satan with all power in signs. This is the devil. All power, signs in lying wonders. Somebody shout lying wonders. <laughs> What is a lying wonder? It means with all deceit. It means wonders that are actually performed, watch this, uh, with the object of deceiving God's people. They are real manifestations, things that'll happen, the things that make you go, wow, maybe is this God? Has to, this has to be God. How many of they thought that with Jim Jones? C- come on now, when 900 bodies are laying there dead. And, and they believed it, and he would preach and, and, and declare things, but it was the workings and the powers of Satan to deceive people. How many with me say amen? All right, breathe in. Let me just do a little sidetrack. I'm going to get back on this and deception, but I want to talk to you about New Testament prophecy. Just lay out some things, not digging really deep, just throwing this out at you, but... Watch this. I like this. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, do not despise prophecies. I'm just going to let that sink in. A lot, a lot of people grow up in churches like, you know, we, we don't, we do, those parts in the Bible, we, we just, in our denomination, we, we don't really, we don't address them. Because they don't understand them. The scripture tells us not to despise prophecies. You know what that means? As a pastor, I want you all to prophesy. I know that's southern, we're up at north here, but you all can you all can. And watch this, 1 Corinthians 14, 5. I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. That's not done away with. Where does it say in 2020, oh, you know, it, you know Paul said it ended. It's not ended. God wants us to receive that, that heavenly gift in that private, I believe, uh, 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 a blessing uh, of, 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 of tongues, praying in tongues. But this is not a subject on that. So here's the thing. Typically... When people have an issue with spiritual gifts or churches that, that desire to operate in them, they have an issue with what people have done wrong. Isn't that right? It's, with, it's, it's usually an issue. It's like, yeah, well, I was in a church. You know how crazy, I mean, it's, and, and, and they go off on these tangents, and I've been a part of that, and I've been a part of that. But God wants us to be able to discern. How many of you know he doesn't want us to be these major critics? Yeah. Critics of everything. But we also have to use discernment. 
It's like, it's like, where's the middle ground? We either let it happen. I know people, they run from meeting to meeting to meeting, and they chase after every crazy thing. And then when it gets exposed that the guy was a nut job, uh, well, they run to the next thing. Come on now. Some of you are going, yeah, well, that was me, Pastor. <laughs> and we're seeking, we're seeking for some manifestation. And the truth of the matter is, is we have, as, as Peter said, he said, we have a, I, Peter said this, he said, I was on the Mount of Transfiguration. I was there with it was Peter, James, and John. I saw the Christ transform. I saw the most supernatural thing you're ever going to see. And he goes, this is what he says, but we have a more sure word of prophecy, the word of God. Come on now, we have the word. So all manifestations, signs, wonders got to come under in a lineup with the word of God. Peter said that. He said, you think you, you see you, great things happening in your meetings? I saw it all. But we have the word of God. So we have to stick with the word, but not condemn everything. Because how many know God is moving? I said, God is moving. Amen? Yeah. And so Satan has ability. He has deutimus. He was defeated. Uh, but, but we see that. I mean, you know, think of in the Old Testament when... Uh, Remember the plagues. Remember the plagues when and Moses went before. And each of the plagues that were there, Pharaoh sent what? His occultic leaders, the soothsayers, and they did the same manifestation. Turned the water, and they did the same thing. And so Pharaoh goes, well, this is just a game going on here. Until Moses said, you know, declared lice. And then they go, the, the magicians came to Pharaoh and said, this is nothing but the finger of God. We can't do this. This is God. They recognize it was the Lord. And the Lord said, I'm done playing your games. Y'all dealing with lice now. How many with me say amen? amen. Satan can do manifestations. Okay, I want you to get that down. I want you so you're not deceived and you get run astray and get off track that you stay focused with the word of God and what's truth. So, but Jesus said this after he rose from the dead. He said, all power, that's not dunamis, he said, which Jesus has, but he said, I give, I have received all exousia. Come on now, that means the right to rule, authority is what that means. And Jesus says, now that I've risen from the dead, I have all authority over the devil, and now I turn and I give it to you. To you. So we have the right to rule. We have, we have authority. We have exousia to rule over Satan. Jesus restored divine authority to his sons and daughters. That's what he did when he rose from the dead. Somebody say amen. amen so now prophecy in the New Testament is different than the Old Testament. I mean, when you were wrong, when you missed it in the Old Testament, basically they just killed you. That's all. Just letting you know. You know, you just died. <laughs> they stoned you to death. Uh, my daughter thought that was funny, but nobody else did. I don't know why. Uh, but, but, but they were declaring, they were ambassadors of God, and they were declaring the oracles of God. And so it, it, it was you know, men like Moses, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, Joel, Amos, Zephaniah, Hosea, Micah, and on and on. And these, they, they, they were raised up by God, Deuteronomy says, that they were, they were uh, men that declared the oracles of God. They were communicating God's word to his people and needed to be clear, needed to be accurate, and needed to be of God. Let's fast forward. Prophecy today is in the New Testament is like the inner voice of the Spirit, but it's for the sake of others. It's, it's primarily consists of edification, exhortation, and comfort. Here we have a verse right here, 1 Corinthians 14, 3. But one who prophesies, what? Strengthens in others, encourages them, and comforts them. How many here could just go to somebody that you know and you could strengthen them? You could encourage them. Come on now. You could comfort them. That's everybody right here. 
And so you say, well, you're doing this in the natural? No, that, that you can pray about. God will give you, give you something to, to do that for somebody. And so this is encouraged. This is encouraged in the New Testament. Now, I want you to notice something there. We have 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Somebody shout 14. What's the 13th chapter talk about? Oh, y'all got that one, right? And so what God is trying to say to us all that we need to operate in love before the gifts. Come on now. Because a lot of times we chase after what? We chase after power. I remember I had this uh, interpreter who was a great interpreter in Russia and Ukraine, and he's one of the best, and he interpreted for some national. And anytime I said the word power, he just went nuts. Like when he interpreted, he would go, power, hallelujah. And he was just... He was pretty excited about it. He was like, okay, you really like power. Uh, but, but, but God is saying, hey, hey, it's okay. I want you to operate in these gifts, and I want them to be in my church body. But they operate with love. Amen. Love, God's love, agape love. And so <clears throat> it says this in uh, 1 Corinthians um, uh, <clears throat> 14. 14 one says, earnestly, somebody shout earnestly. earnestly. Are you earnestly pursuing love I can tell you what, a lot of times I'm not. <laughs> Earnestly, sometimes I'm pursuing forgiveness because I'm not having love. Can I get an amen? Does anybody relate to me? <laughs> you know, like, forgive me, God. What a wicked, wicked man I am. But earnestly pursue love and eagerly, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. I don't know if I eagerly desire much, but what we're going to eat this afternoon. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So we just talked a little bit about that. And so, so very quickly, let me just jump into this. Uh, prophecy can be broke down, if you could say, into two, two categories. Forth, foretelling and foretelling. Quickly, foretelling. It's more directional. It's more where you have someone has the gift as a prophet. They may be a seer, or, or, or it is probably more unique and exceptional. It happens not, uh, happens, but but not everyone has this this type of gift. Um, as a, in the prophetic, uh, and, and it takes a great deal of development. You need to know the word of God. Amen. And, and you need to understand God's word. That requires faith. Even then, sometimes, even with the prophets in the New Testament times, they, we get bits and pieces. The Bible says we see through a glass dimly. You can still see, but you can't see everything clearly because we don't have the full picture and, 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 and of us seeing. But there's times, boom, it's right on. It's, it's, it's an accurate word. It was like, yes, that was a location. And God, it was directional in your life. Um, but a lot of times we, we don't see that. Um, in the early church, um, they didn't um, authorize a prophet. I just wrote this down from a commentator. It said they, they merely recognized a prophet. In the New Testament, Agabus, in Acts chapter 11, uh, he prophesied about a famine. That actually happened. He even prophesied as a prophet over the apostle Paul, and he took his belt off, and he tied it and bound up Paul and he said the person that is bound you know is going to go to Rome and I'm going to be bound and, and, the, and Roman's going to mistreat him and it all came to pass and Paul goes I don't care I don't care if I die I mean it's like wow this is some crazy stuff but but he could see that and God used that and so we see Simeon in Acts chapter 13 was a prophet. Uh, Judas, not Judas Iscariot. There's another man named Judas and Silas in Acts 15. Philip, watch this, he had four virgin daughters that prophesied. They were used in the prophetic. Philip was an evangelist, and it specifically says that. You know, it's, you know let me just encourage you young people, stay pure until you're married. I said stay pure until you're married. 
Why? God will use you. It doesn't mean, come on now, you know, we praise the stories, I was broke down and drunk and I was a prostitute for five years and I was having drugs in my arm and I was snipping and I was on crack and I did this and I had a hundred men and I came to Jesus. Amen. That's a great testimony. Amen. But the greater testimony is you live right for God. You consecrated your, come on now. It's not, not what you want for your kids. That's what you want your little kids to grow up, to be virtuous men and women of God. They all have choices, all right? They all have choices, and you could do the best job as a parent, and they can still make a choice that goes not in a direction. I get that. But, but I'm just encouraging you. I'm speaking to the young people here, okay? You don't have to do what everyone else does. You can choose a different path. You can be a different kind of king and queen. Can I get an amen? All right, I'm going to get off that because I'm really... So foretelling. Most New Testament prophecies about foretelling, not foretelling. That's what we just talked about before. Foretelling, what is that? It reminds us of what Jesus has already done for us, the hope we can have for tomorrow. That's what it reminds us that Jesus is God and we're not. Amen. Prophecy is all about pointing to Jesus and encouraging people in Christ. That's what what it's about. And the Bible says we should earnestly desire to prophesy and as we read, not, 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 uh, not despise prophecy. And once again, not every prophetic word is complete. And, and I, you know, I shy away from, thus saith the Lord, you know, sand in the air and walking with a cane. You know, no, I, I, you know, there was times I've done that. You know, we all try. Come on now, you know. And I'm like trying to be real dis- demonstrative and speak in King James because it's got to be anointed if it's in King James. <clears throat> no, I just like, is this speaking to you? I'm just sensing this. I really feel God, come on now, are you with me? You know, like, am I missing this? You know what, and then, and then some things were very specific, specific, excuse me, that I have given words that were very, they were directional words operating in my gift uh, as a prophet that, that just turned the course of people's lives for good and they were heading in destruction. But we're not talking about, we're talking about foretelling, we're talking about desiring to prophesy where every single one of us can speak a word of comfort. That means you, amen? You can poke your neighbor at this time. That means you. You can encourage somebody. You can, you, you, you can, can be that word of encouragement. And, but you know what? It's not always going to be accurate. And, and then there's people that are out there that you give a word to and I have, and they go, no, nope, that doesn't apply to me. Oh, man, you just struck them with an arrow to the heart, and they know it. Nope, not me. Nope. <laughs> Come on now, amen? Now, I'm not talking run around judging people, Okay. All right, I'm not talking. I'm talking about edification, exhortation, and comfort. That other stuff, you need, that needs to be judged as a church and the leadership as a whole. Thus saith the Lord: Divorce that woman. Get you a younger mom. No, how many know that's not God? Amen. So I mean, well, I, I've been hearing that voice. No. What? Satan is a deceiver, and I said this before, and I'll bring it up in a moment. But the thing about deception that it's deceiving. You think you're right. I'm right, you know. Men, don't raise your hand, but how many times have you been wrong and your wife's been right? <laughs> or vice versa. All right, but let's just move on to that. So, so let me just quickly, to get it, I have some points here about, but I want to just quickly touch on some deliberate deceivers, some things that I've experienced and read about, and, 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 and anyhow, some of them, they're, they're pretty serious, and you need to think about this, you need to think about this. So once again, this is not, these last two messages are not a message of anti-prophetic, but it's just to help us discern, 
Okay? Help us discern. In the 1990s, Rick Renner, I love him. He's a great teacher. He's a Greek scholar. He wrote a book, Merchandising the Anointing. I pulled that book apart. I, I really enjoyed that book. Because he spoke to a lot of what was going on in the 90s where there was a great outpouring, started a lot, I believe, in the church body about the prophetic. And uh, before that, it wasn't as much. It, it did happen, and there were circles of it, but it was just more on stage for the church and conferences. And, and so he speaks about a woman named Lucy. Uh, I actually have her last name, but I won't say that. Who actually, she practiced the occult. And um, they would have this woman in, in, these, in this certain denomination, and it was full gospel. And, and because of, she had a mastectomy, and God totally healed her, she told. She had doctor's reports. And, uh, and then she would go in the back room and, and with a bunch of ladies and show those ladies, oh, you know, I'm, I'm healed. And like, okay. And, you know, so that, that's kind of how, and so she would be on the stage. And this really happened. Okay, this really happens. So she'd go on the stage and, and, and she would, at the end of the service, say, I want you everyone to close your eyes. Everyone, everyone, nobody looking around. And she would release feathers from out underneath her arms like this. And then she would go, look, the dove of the Holy Spirit here. People would be swooned and moved. Like, you know, did I know that he had wings, the dove of uh, the Holy Spirit? Were there feathers on him? I don't know. But, but feathers would be everywhere. And, and people would just, you know, kind of go into a, a frenzy over that. It's like, man, God's Spirit is here. She also did, this is, I know, it sounds crazy what I'm about to share. She did this. She did this. She would take chicken's blood, insert it into small capsules, and she would tape it into her hands. Then she would pop them like that, and she would just show her hands, especially in, like in South America, stigmata. People, hundreds would come forward and fall down and begin to just worship her. Come on now. You know, and she would still, you know, talk about Jesus and the Bible and things like that. But crowds swooned with her. And it wasn't until Rick was in one of the meetings and then he went into another meeting. And he goes, wait, wait, hold on. Rewind that camera back. See, we got a camera here. I can't pull anything over your eyes, right? I don't even have any hair, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> and he said, rewind that camera back. And you find out, and here she is. Pop, pop, dropping feathers. Everyone looks, oh. We need to be wise, people, to know what's going on when there's deceivers that are out there. Now, so here is a, a deceiver, and, 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 and it, was, it deceived many people. And even found out that the whole thing about the cancer, it was all lies. She falsified. She created doctor's report. People, you think, do they really go to this extent? Yes, they do. Because Satan is a deceiver, people. He's a deceiver. Are you with me? Say amen. Some of you, you may have heard of this. And, and I'll just temper this one, but I had another pastor, a great pastor, and he told me, oh, have you heard about the flowing oil in Dalton, Georgia? How many have ever heard the Bible? There was the, the Bible, uh, there's a, I don't know if he was a pastor down there, he had a Bible, it was in Psalm 39, and he opened up and there was a, a smidge, somebody said a smidge, smidge of oil on Psalm 39, and, 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 and then it supposedly dripped oil. This is true. This is, you know, you, could, you can Google 